book of Ruth. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to an ephah. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave to her what she had left over from when she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today was Boaz, she said to him. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative and he is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting the grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. The word of the Lord. All right, well, good morning. My name is Cody. I'm the Director of Students and Connections here at Daniel Allen Fellowship, and I'm honored to be able to, to speak before you guys today, and I'll continue our series in Ruth. And before I get started, let me say a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. I pray this morning that my words would be your words, and that you would open our hearts and our ears to hear you that we will walk out of this place changed and transformed to be more and more like you. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message today is God is Faithful. God is Faithful. As we continue to look at the latter half of Ruth chapter 2, I'm excited to dive into that. And I have a question to open up. Have you ever been surprised? Have you ever been surprised, and uh, specifically I'm talking about something good, a good surprise this morning, maybe a birthday party, an uh, anniversary, maybe a promotion at work, or maybe your kids did something good for once that surprised you? Have you ever been surprised? Well, my wife and I, we were um, heading to the beach one day, heading to Sullivan's Island, and as all of us know here parking on Sullivan's Island or Isle of Palms or any beach for that matter can be an all-day event, an all-day task. And so we, we wound up right by Fort Moultrie. By the time we found a parking spot we, on the back roads, we finally right there by Fort Moultrie. And there's this gravel road that looks like it's taking you to the beach as the pathway to the beach. And, and so as we're walking down this road, we see to the right that there says Sullivan's Island Nature Trail. Sullivan's Island Nature Trail. And we had, didn't know that Sullivan's Island had a nature trail. We had no idea how long this path was, what it looked like. And we decided that since there were so many unknowns, we would skip it at that moment, but we would come back later. 
And so we left the beach that day, and later that night, we got some friends, uh, just in case this path was dangerous. And we, we set out to, and went back to Sullivan's Island and walked this nature trail. And so the girls were all uh, super happy and giddy. So, so me and Leighton, we, we distanced ourselves from, from the girls to have some man time. And uh, we're walking down this path, and it's, it's beautiful. You see the sun coming through the trees. You hear the ocean in kind of the background, and it's really pretty. And then as Leighton and I, we, we get to this kind of boardwalk section uh, where they've built a, a little boardwalk over, over a ditch, and, and the girls aren't quite there yet. And all of a sudden behind us, we hear just this shriek of terror from the girls like, like we would have thought that they were being taken, like something terrible was happening to them. So, so we turn around and look and go back towards them. And all the girls are like <laughs> breathing super heavy, like they have been terrified. And all Leighton and I see is them doing that and just this cute little golden retriever that, that, that named Ginger that we had not yet seen on our trip. And we're like, why are y'all so scared over a little dog? And, and by the time that uh, they caught their composure, we discovered that Ginger snuck up on them and for one of the girls came and touched her on the backside and it really scared them. And when, when Kaylin yelled, the other girls yelled and, and uh, the big surprise of Ginger uh, changed the whole uh, atmosphere of that moment, at least for a moment. It changed everything for the girls. They thought they were about to, to die. And what they discovered is everything was fine. And what I think is, how I think that correlates to our passage is that Naomi in our scripture gets a surprise in this part. God surprises her and it changes everything for Naomi. And now where the, the change was momentary for the girls, the change that God can have in our life when he surprises us will last forever. And we see that the surprise is our main idea and our title for today is that God is faithful. Naomi realizes in the scripture and is caught off guard that God is faithful. So we'll dive into that a little bit today. And so as we begin and as we talk about Ruth, let me set a little bit of the setting or the context of how we're going to talk about it today. And, and we see Ruth, again, if you remember in the previous two sermons on Ruth, that the setting is we're in the time of the judges. This is a time in which everyone in, in that part of the world, they did what they wanted to do. They did what pleased them. Whatever selfish pursuit they had or passion they had, they just followed it with disregard to, to others and especially disregard to God. This was a crazy time, a terrible time. And we see that Naomi and the setting we begin in Bethlehem and then they travel to Moab, and they come back to Bethlehem, which is where we are at in our story today. And as I dive in, we're really going to do kind of a, a character review today. And then I just have one point, one point to bring home, and I hope that you will follow along with me as I teach. So let's read uh, Ruth chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 as we begin. It says, And at mealtime Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread. Dip your morsel um, in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some leftover. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheep and do not reproach her and also pull out some from the bundles for her 
and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. So we see here that Boaz represents the heart of the law. Boaz represents the heart of the law. So who is Boaz? Okay, we're kind of working our way backwards as far as characters, how we're introduced to them. Boaz is this faithful Israelite. He's living in Bethlehem. If you read the genealogy in Matthew 1, we actually see that he's the son of Rahab. And if you know the Bible, you kind of know the story of Rahab of how she was faithful to God and choosing him. And Boaz in this story just takes care of Ruth. And now why is that special? Why, why is that important? Well, we know and we've heard that Ruth was a Moabite. Ruth was, first off, a woman. And in those days, women were, were no one. They were nobodies, especially if they were alone. And Ruth was alone in this story with another woman. And so she's a no one. And Boaz picks up in this story, walking on the scene, and, she, and he sees Ruth in the field and says, hey, who, who is this? And the servants say, hey, this is Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And she asks if she could glean from, from the field. And Boaz lets her glean from the field and even gives her... Um, some, some, some privileges that other women do not have in that point. And then we see in this scripture that Boaz invites her in for supper to his table to sit and eat with him and the men. And again, this is unheard, unheard of. As a landowner in, uh, in Bethlehem, he was risking a lot. He was risking a lot to serve and to love Ruth. And we see that not only does he provide her dinner, but she has leftovers to take home to Naomi. And then once Ruth gets up and leaves, we see that Boaz tells his servants to not to touch her, to let her even come among the sheaves. She doesn't even have to stay on the edge of the field. She can come where you guys are and pick what's there. And then even you guys do the hard work and just leave the rest of the stalk there for her. He makes it super easy for Ruth. And we see here that, again, he's risking a lot. Barry G. Webb says of Boaz that Boaz observes the spirit of the law, not just the letter. You see, the law was there so that people would be taken care of. We heard last week in Deuteronomy where there was this law for widows and the fatherless and orphans that they could come and glean from the field so that they could have food so they could be provided for. And we see in this scripture that Boaz is taking that above and beyond. He embraces the heart of the law, which essentially is to love people and goes above and beyond for Ruth. Boaz observes the spirit of the law, not just the letter. And I wonder how many of us are just following these sets of rules, these sets of laws that we've read about, rather than embracing the heart behind the law rather than embracing the love God and love others above all. Maybe we need to focus more on people rather than the law itself. How can we love people more? How can we be more like Boaz? So we see that Boaz represents the heart of the law, the spirit of the law. Now, how about Ruth? Ruth is another character in this story. We've already heard a little bit about her this morning, but she represents the heart of a servant. And when I think of a heart of a servant, I think specifically of this one moment with my dad. 
And this is my favorite memory of me and my dad by far. It is, uh, you know, living four hours north on the east coast of North Carolina, a little town called Beulahville, if you've heard of it. Um, we, we've had many hurricanes. We've gone through many hurricanes just like you guys have. I remember specifically whenever Hurricane Floyd came through. We didn't leave. We didn't pack up. We stayed right there. We stayed put. I remember when the eye of Hurricane Floyd came over and the calmness was there that my dad said, all right, I'm going to go and help people, whatever that looked like. And I was wanting to be right there with my dad. So I went with him and we went and pulled people out of ditches and cut uh, trees out of the roads if it was safe and, and did all that. And we were helping people. And that frustrates Kelsey now because when the hurricanes come here, like when Irma came through, I wanted to, to go back home to help. And that's where it was going to get hit way worse than here. And I want to stay put. But I remember that servant heart of my dad. I, I still remember walking through the church. My dad was a volunteer in the church. And every like Saturday night, he would walk through with a, a makeshift ruler, making sure the chairs were perfectly lined up so that whoever walked in would have a great experience. And I just remember this servant's heart of my dad. And I believe that Ruth and her heart of a servant embraces that all the more, embraces that all the more. And we heard last week um, that Ruth, is she displayed heart and hustle. You see, Ruth comes on the story in Moab. Naomi has left Bethlehem, gone to Moab, and Ruth has married one of her sons. And we come to find out that um, Malon, her husband, has died and Naomi and Ruth end up traveling back to Bethlehem. And right when they get back to Bethlehem, Ruth knows that she needs to provide. If she doesn't provide because of the place of where Naomi is, then they are going to wither away. Nothing we have, they will not be provided for. And so she goes straight to work. And that's where we see her in the field of Boaz. And then Boaz recognizes her. And we get to the point where we are now, where she has leftovers to bring Naomi. And so we see that because of her heart, her love for Naomi and her hustle, her willingness to get her hands dirty and work, that she's able to provide for Naomi. We see that Ruth in our story, heart of a servant. How many of us are so selfish or so into our own things that we don't see how we can serve others? How many of us are unwilling to let, leave our hands open and go and serve others, do hard work so that others can be provided for. How can we be more like Ruth? So Boaz showed us the heart of the law. Ruth shows us the heart of the servant. And then we get to our next character in the story, and we see the heart of the depressed and bitter Naomi. So let's pick up in our scripture in Ruth chapter 2, verses 18. It says, and she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, besides, 
He said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. So where has Naomi been in the story? So Will, if you could come up and help me out this morning, Will is going to um, be my project here. So you can come and stand right here on the stage. He represents Naomi and uh, what she's going through in this story. So who is Naomi? Again, we're going back to the beginning. Naomi is uh, from Bethlehem, married to Elimelech in Bethlehem, the, the land of God. And they move because of famine. So famine represents here. We'll pick these for you right now. So famine is striking their family and they move out and they go to a pagan city of Moab so that their family can be provided for. And while they are there, we see and we learn that um, her husband dies, Elimelech dies. We see that her two sons die, Malon and Chilion. And then we see at the end of chapter one, you put them on there. Yep, you got it. That works. We see at the end of chapter one, you got to look to them. We see at the end of chapter one that Ruth comes back, whenever they're traveling back to Bethlehem, wherever Ruth, um, they travel back to Bethlehem, they get to Bethlehem, and the women of the city recognize her. They recognize who she is, and they say, hey, is this Naomi? Is this the Naomi that used to live here? And Naomi looks at them and responds, don't call me Naomi, for the Lord Almighty has dealt with me bitterly, in bitterness. She says, call me Mara. And what we see from Naomi is that all these things that she's been through in life ends up blinding her to what God has done. But we read in verse 20, we read this. And this is after Ruth has brought back all of the grain has provided for her and has told her, hey, whose field are you working in? I'm working in the field of Boaz. This is what verse 20 says. It says, and Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living, living or the dead. We see in this moment of the story of Ruth that everything that has happened to her life Everything that has clouded her view of what God may be doing, she sees God in this. And it's like at this moment, whenever they realize who, thank you, whenever, they, whenever she realizes the field that she's in, whenever she sees, hey, this is Boaz, it's like her eyes are open. Hey, God is faithful. God has not left me. And I wonder how much of us have these things clouded that are obstructing our view of God's plan for our life. Because it's easy to get weighed down. It's easy to get into this heart of being depressed and bitter and the circumstances of life just getting in the way. Look at what K. Lawson Younger says. He says, such an amazing provision, not surprisingly enlivens Naomi. Her specific blessing on Boaz rightly emphasizes that both Boaz and Yahweh have shown Hesed to them that loyal love, that loyal faithfulness. It's not just 
Ruth doing the work. It's not just Boaz being extravagantly generous. It's God being up to something in the midst of all the chaos. And it's like that moment whenever the shades are taken off and she can see. And I think the, the, the one point of, our, of the sermon this morning is why in the world, what happened for her to see? And I believe the faithful obedience of Boaz and Ruth reopened Naomi's eyes to see God's faithful love. If Ruth had not been uh, able to, to work in her heart and hustle and faithfully obey this, this new God because Ruth left her family, left her town, and left her gods back in Moab to follow Yahweh and to serve with Naomi, if she had not have done that and lived faithfully and worked hard, and if Boaz had not have been generous and faithful to the law, to the heart of the law, then Naomi's eyes never would have been open. She would have been sitting there with all these shades on forever and ever until it was over. And so I wonder how many of us are sitting in these seats this morning with all the shades on. You can see a little bit through here, but the big part of the picture is clouded and you can't see how God is going to make sense of this. You can't see what God is doing. And I wonder if Naomi even realized that or if she was so depressed and so bitter that her judgment was so clouded she thought she was okay. But then she realizes here that she's not. She realizes that God is up to something. So to recap and to share the two points of this morning, the main idea and the, the second point is that one is God is faithful. Naomi realizes in the story that God never left through the death of her husband, through the death of her two sons, through moving back to Bethlehem and having people look and recognize and see where she's at in life now. God had not left her. His love never left. His love was never ending for her. God is faithful. And the challenge is who in here needs to know that truth? That through the mess, God is and then the second point, who in here needs to be more faithfully obedient to God? Because your faithful obedience provides clear vision to see the heart of God for others. The way in which you live your life, the way in which you follow Christ shows others who Christ is. Are you helping others stay in this position or are you leading others to take the shades off? And all you have to do is faithfully love and serve Christ, which is what we're called to do anyway. God is faithful, and our faithful obedience to God helps others to see God. Let me pray. Father, we just again thank you so much for your faithfulness, for the way in which uh, our hearts are so messed up, and yet you have the heart of a perfect father, who never gives up on us, no matter what our attitude looks like, no matter what our lives look like. Yet you have the heart of the Father that never gives up. You are faithful to us, and God, help us to live faithful lives to you. Not so that we can live the good life, but so that we can help others see and know and push through their mess to see your faithfulness. 
Father, we pray all this in your name.